You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. The win. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Presented by Crimson Crossover. Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Byler. That's two out of 26 in his last four games at home. Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. And what is next to Butler Field? Arby's. Arby's. So Arby's. either A, Alabama basketball is forever it, it, eminent. Built on Arby's. It literally built on Arby's, the program. Or it's the first thing you see when you walk in. Enjoy the show. We're back. Blue Collar Unplugged, Season 2, Episode 3. I am, of course, your host, Blake Byler, and I'm joined, as always, by Matthew Gibson and Jacob Pickle. How, how are we doing today, guys? Doing great. Doing great. Happy to talk some hoops today. We're, uh, I, don't, I don't know what day it is that we're uploading this, but it is currently a Monday, October 24th. We are post-SEC um, Media Days last week that Matthew and I both had the pleasure of being able to go cover. We got to speak to... Uh, Nate Oates, Noah Gurley, Charles Bediaco. Um, that was a good time. They asked a lot of questions at SEC Media Days about a certain scrimmage they that did. went down. And um, so before we get into that, uh, we're going to this episode's going to be a schedule breakdown where we're going to look at all of the games on the Alabama schedule uh, that was a little late getting released. But now that we've uh, been recording for a little bit and it's been a little while, we've gotten to learn a little bit about the teams. We're going to talk about them. But first, let, let's talk about this scrimmage. Uh, that everyone seems to be all up in arms about, very upset. Alabama lost a secret scrimmage. I, I think the final score was 99-69, to 69, according to the NCAA stats, yeah. to, to TCU. The world's falling. The world's ending. The sky's falling. You've got that right. Everything's bad. Alabama's going to go 0-31 because they lost a scrimmage, right? That's for sure. Alabama's the worst team to ever play basketball. Yeah, for sure, but... On a real note, what are what are what are some of the takeaways that we can have from a scrimmage like well, this? Obviously, the biggest takeaway is Brandon Miller again. Brandon Miller, thirty-three points. Um, and with off-season scrimmages, it's not something you can really look into. Obviously, it's like you look back and Auburn once lost that scrimmage to Barry the year they made the Final Four. You know what I mean? I. So you're saying we're going to the Final Four? Am I saying we're going to the Final Four? Yeah, I actually maybe. think I looked into that. They. It was actually the year that they won the SEC but lost in the round of 32. Was it? it was okay. 20, it was the 2018 season. Way to fact check me. But yeah. Anyways, I mean, look, when you look at it, Alabama also had what? Namari Burnett was out. Namari Burnett was out. Charles Bidiaco, Bediaco was Bidiaco out. was out. And Noah Gurley was limited with a foot injury. I, I don't mm-hmm. think this good. is a thing that should worry Alabama fans at all. As a matter of fact, I think how they played and their response to it should actually be an encouragement. With the you know the secret um, players only meeting that they held, and we talked about that at SEC Media Days a lot. I think that's a really encouraging sign that this team is already beginning to gel for Alabama. Don't you? I very much agree with that, and I actually um, was one of a few people. I believe it was also Nick Kelly of the Tuscaloosa News and, and Matthew as well that tweeted about um, the players only meeting that Alabama had. Um, Gurley, I was talking to Gurley, and I think you were talking to Charles yep. when it uh, when they spoke about it, and they they didn't speak about it in a very negative light. I think they talked about it in a way where 
they were notifying people that there were leaders within the team that wanted to step up and wanted to talk about where the team was at. And I think that's a very important thing, especially considering Nate Oates being very vocal last season about the lack of leadership on the team. Um, so I don't, I don't think having a players only, I thought there were obviously comments on Twitter and everything about, oh, wow, a players only meeting in October. That that's going to, that's a rough start to the season. I, I, I think players only meetings are good. No, it was a good thing. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Any thoughts, Jacob? I mean, I agree. I think, uh, you know, for my, my office lovers, um, you know, in season nine, whenever Jim and Pam are going through their, their struggles, they get advised to start to really get on top of things that like bother each other before they can blow up to be bigger things. So I think that we are seeing, you know, in literally October, like we are at the halfway point in between April and now. So ideally where wow. you want to be in April. That's um, very true. And the championship, you are already working out problems and getting on top of those and being proactive. Uh, I think that's a super healthy thing for team chemistry. I think we can be very pleased to see that there is strong leadership being taken um, because, you know, like you were referencing, Oates talked a lot about that we didn't have that last year. So to have that this year already is a great sign. And, I mean, results and scrimmages are marginal at best. I think, um, like Matthew talked about, Brendan Miller being a big takeaway from that. I think that is a, a good, consistent takeaway. Four for ten on shooting is nice. Uh, but I, I don't think we should look too into too much into it. Uh, if we would have beaten them by a lot of points – uh, TCU and TCU without Namari and Bediaco, I think we would be rightfully so to overreact, but I don't think that's the case with us losing. I, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I agree, and I, I think there's only so much you can take away from scrimmages like that, especially given um, the players being out, other situations. Like no, no one's crowning anybody based on a secret scrimmage. They're, they're there for the players to get more live, see more live action basketball and to play more together. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Alabama should be um, overjoyed about a 30-point scrimmage loss because obviously yeah. you don't want to lose. But I think there are um, – it, it's not all negative necessarily that you can take away from that. And on top of that, TCU is going to be a really good team. They're, they're going to be a top 15 team, probably a top four five seed somewhere yeah. in there. Um, they're a very veteran team, which obviously Alabama played a lot of young players. So when you have a lot of freshmen going up against – uh, bigger, stronger veterans. Eddie Lampkin, Eddie, Eddie Lampkin, Eddie Lampkin <laughs> specifically. Um, in October, it, it's going to look a little rough. So, um, not the result that Alabama fans probably um, pictured ideally, but also not necessarily a surprising result. I would say, given uh, the situation. Any more thoughts on on the scrimmage, or should we jump into the schedule? Let's jump into the schedule. Let's jump into the schedule. So I've got it. I've got it pulled up right here on um, Ken Palm, and the the first game. Alabama, first of all, has an absolute gauntlet of a schedule. It's it's ridiculously yeah. difficult. Um, but I think we're just going to go game by game and give our thoughts about um, what we think of, of the opponent, the result, things of that nature. First, November 7th, which is 14 days from today. Getting even closer. less from when people will be hearing this. Uh, very close. Alabama plays Longwood. What, can, what, what do we know about Longwood? Well, according to Kim Kong, Ken Palm, oh my gosh, Longwood is projected <laughs> to go 2011. Um, Bama's projected to win this game 84 to 64 at home. They're in the Big South Conference, led by Griff Aldrich. And on Ken Palm, they're the number 167th ranked team. Yes, so Ken Palm does their, his, um, not their, his um, preseason rankings of sort with his algorithm. Jake, you understand Ken Palm a little better than I do, so go ahead. Yes. What goes into that algorithm and how yeah. does he rank teams? Uh, so it's 
It's a lot of statistics all the way down. Like pretty much everything you can think of, he takes into account at some level. Uh, I his preseason rankings are always interesting because like he doesn't believe too much. They're uh, not doesn't believe, but it's very hard to like mathematically kind of extrapolate out like what new players from high school or transfers really will bring into the program. Uh, so that doesn't count as much into the new rankings. So I don't think too much should be taken away from. Like, oh, he doesn't think – the math doesn't think that Brandon Miller will contribute too much, anything like that. Uh, but it really – it takes into account a lot of things like field goal percentage, turnovers, offensive rebound, defensive rebound. I mean, everything, every advanced metric, uh, it is an incredibly complex formula that goes together and creates the story of college basketball through the numbers through the year. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of times last year with Auburn, we would hear some, some hate that Kempom wouldn't have them number one. But the math is the math. So that leads to some different results. Uh, Gonzaga will often very highly be at the top of Ken Palm just because mm-hmm. they beat everybody by a lot. Uh, and from there, I, I don't know. I, I think Ken Palm's a great tool for that and for preseason rankings to kind of get a, a brief grasp at what you're looking at for the year. Uh, I really enjoy how he does the cumulative probabilities between records and individual games and uses those to make the full season record. Uh, So I'm excited to kind of go through and look through what he has for us this year on that. With long, so that's a little bit about how uh, Ken Palm makes these rankings. Um, They update daily throughout the season as he inputs more data and his algorithm ranks teams differently. Um, But first, Longwood, they won the Big South tournament last year, I believe. And did they win the regular season? I think they won the regular season too. I do think they. Uh, double swept the Big South. So they made the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Lost to Tennessee in the first round. There were 14 seeds. No shame in that. No shame in that at all. Um, it, it's not the most, um, it's not the easiest opener for Alabama, but I think we all think they're going to they're gonna get a win. They're a more talented team. Um, now, we've seen Alabama lose season openers to lesser teams in NATO's time. Specifically, his first year, the first the first game Nato's ever coached was against Penn. Alabama lost that game, so they're going to have to be on their game. But also against a somewhat difficult Louisiana Tech team last year, Alabama took care of business. So I would expect the same thing here. Then you have Liberty coming in to Coleman Coliseum on that Friday. This this game could be tricky. Yeah, it could be. And I think one big storyline for this game too. Uh, Kind of a breakout candidate for Liberty this year would be Brody Peebles and his homecoming tour mm-hmm. back to the state of Alabama. Um, Going to be a really good you know, guard for, for Liberty this year. Liberty's, you know, on Ken Palm, once again projected 24-6. and six. Uh, They have Bama winning this one 80-68 at home. Um, and Liberty is the 82nd ranked team in the country on Ken Palm. So another top 100 Ken Palm opponent. Another early. one. One of many. Could Liberty be a – I don't know where they're going to be in the net. For most of the year, yeah, I was this wondering is, this if this could either, be a quad two. Yeah, I'm thinking this is gonna be a quad two game for Bama. A quad two it, game, it could be pretty nice. quad two. I like what would that would have to be. To, is it top quad, one fifty? Quad one for home games, I think is through. It's one through seventy, right? I think it's one through thirty for home or for home. That's for home. Right, it's yes. one through thirty. And so then for. Quad two, it would then be thirty-one through seventy-five. I want to say, and yeah. so if they hover, they're, they're at eighty-two right now on Ken Palm. If they hover between that seventy and eighty range, it could be a quad two. Um, it's going to be a challenging game for sure. Um, Liberty has uh, one returner. Is it McGee? 
I think it's McGee. Darius, Darius McGee. McGee. Yeah. Um, what what was what were some of the things he did last season? A lot. So he, let's see. He's five foot nine, one sixty. So he he's small, short. but he scored. I think it was twenty a game last year, if I'm not mistaken. I'm waiting on this page to pull up right here. He, oh wow, twenty four point six points a game. So oh, wow. that's a lot. Re- almost twenty five points a game, which ranked second in the country in scoring. So he's going to be a handful for sure. He's very small guard. I imagine Alabama puts Sears. If they really want to give him trouble, they could put Namari Burnett on him because I imagine Liberty is not a very large team. Right. Um, so that could be a, an exciting matchup to see. Um, yeah, I think Namari could kind of just swallow him up. Like I'd be a shifty enough defender and be long enough to limit what the 5'9 frame can really do there. You're going to see that a lot with Namari this year. This Again, 6'10 wingspan, uh, just incredible defender. God, that's crazy. He's McGee is going to offer his own unique challenges, but once again, Alabama is a better team and they should win the game. Though Liberty is probably the best mid-major team that Alabama plays in the non-conference. Yeah, I would say they yeah. are. Uh, yeah, uh, because Gonzaga is not a mid-major. The only other South one that could South. really compete with them would be South Dakota State. I think. Yes, and that it just depends on what you think of the conference and what they end up. Doing yep. between the two of them, um, but I mean, Ken Palm right now has Liberty about ninety spots ahead of, or not 90, 50 spots of South Dakota State. Yeah, so, I think South Dakota State's uh-huh. one thirty one right now, and again, Liberty's eighty two. So, did Liberty win the A Sun last year? They, I think they they make the tournament. I, they I don't think they made the tournament. I believe they lost to Bellarine in their yes, championship they did. game. Yeah, that's right. Like a, it was I was fifty three fifty. But I don't know if that was like last second. I do remember that. No, that's correct. Yeah. Um, so then after that, Alabama has another, not a tough opponent, because South Alabama is not a great no. team, but it's on the road. It is on so the road. So Alabama is traveling to Mobile to take on uh, the Jags. head coach, Richie Riley's South Alabama Jaguars. Um, I, I think, obviously, I think Alabama is going to win the game. Ken Palm gives Alabama a 92% chance to win the game, even though it's on the road. But we've seen Alabama go on the road against mid-majors and lose. I don't know if y'all remember Nate Oates' first year, Alabama went to Rhode Island and lost. Of course. Um, which home is of Alex Chiku. Current home of Alex Chiku. <laughs> current home Chiku. of Alex Chiku. That's correct. So, it, obviously, road games are tough. Um, South Alabama has given Auburn some troubles at home uh, in recent years. I can't remember what year it was, but South Alabama lost by, like, one point to Auburn. I think so. On the uh, in, in Mobile. Um, so it's definitely a game to watch out for. It'll be on uh, Tuesday, November fifteenth. Alabama's got a tough couple games to open up. Not not like more like not super. For your mid major teams, still, there are three very good mid major teams. For like three mid majors, definitely have capabilities of beating Alabama. Yeah, we're not we're not playing Tar- Tarleton State. So. No, and well, Gonzaga right. almost lost to Tarleton State yeah. last year. Um, so then Jacksonville State. Do we even need to talk about Jacksonville State? No, the they're team. 217th on Ken Palm. It's going to be at home. Bama should win this one by by 20. Uh, they really should. Yeah, I I know we ran into like a little bit of a problem with Jacksonville State last year. Jacksonville State's where it all fell apart last year. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 it started going wrong. Because um, Alabama played Memphis lost, right? And yeah. then Jacksonville State came to Tuscaloosa, and it was like a – 10-point game. They hung around the entire game. For, it was so awful. Long. Yeah. That was the Jaden Shackelford Ofer yeah. game, it was. if I remember correctly. So, But I don't anticipate. I don't think y'all anticipate that happening. No, I don't again. think that happens again, yeah. 
So that's a it should be a four no stretch to start the year for Alabama. Then it gets fun. Then we have the Phil Knight Invitational up in Portland, Oregon. Possibly the most exciting non-conference tournament multi-team event of the entire college basketball season. Oh, I, um, so absolutely. everyone knows about Feast Week, Thanksgiving Week, college ba- a huge week for college basketball. You have non-conference tournaments taking place all over the country. Lots of high-profile fields. Uh, the Phil Knight Invitational specifically has Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, UConn, North Carolina, Villanova, Portland, who's hosting, and one other team that I can't remember. Iowa State? Yeah, it is Iowa it State. It is Iowa State. Iowa State. Yep. So there's an eight-team field, and then they also host the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament, which is um, an entirely different eight teams playing in the same arena. In a, in the separate bracket, and that bracket has I think Duke, Gonzaga, Florida, among other teams. And then you also that's the time of year you have Maui, you have the battle for Atlantis, all kinds of super fun tournaments. But Alabama's first round matchup, their first uh, their draw was Michigan State. Uh, Ken Palm gives Alabama a fifty seven percent chance to win this game. But when was the last time Alabama won the first round of a non conference tournament game? Years. It's been a long. It's time. It's been years. Yeah. Because if you if you go back, let's try to backtrack. Who last year was Drake? Or not Drake? Iona. Oh, last year was Iona in um, the ESPN Events Invitational. Sunny Orlando, Florida. Yes, and then the year before that was Maui in the mountains. We lost to Stanford. Yep, by that's right. A chunk of points. And then the year before that was the Battle for Atlantis. Alabama lost to North Carolina. Yep. What about what about before that? There was one year that Alabama lost to like. Who was it? Northern, not Northern Illinois, Northeastern. It was, nor- it was, yeah, it was Northeastern. Northeastern. That's what it was. It was I had Northeastern. never heard of Northeastern before. Yeah, that was bad. Disgusting. That was there. There was one really year. Bad. It was the 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 Colin Sexton year. Oh, they won it that year. They won a game in that one that year. They played the. What tournament was that? Uh, it was at the bar. It was supposed to be at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. They beat BYU, I think. But it, that's also remember, where they played Minnesota. Yeah. That's where Colin Sexton had the three on five game. You're right. They did beat BYU, and then it was Minnesota after that with the yes, three so, on five game. So you're right. But that wasn't even a tournament. That was just a four team field, yeah. I think. So in these in these tournament settings, Alabama has struggled a lot. Now there was one year under Avery Johnson that I think Alabama lost the first game and then beat Wichita State and Notre Dame back to back, and they were both ranked. That was a fun time. But this year, Michigan State's a high profile opponent. Obviously, with Tom Izzo um, and his connections to Nate Oates, but what what are we thinking about the Spartans this year? Oh, man, they're loaded. I mean, you look at their roster. AJ Hoggard's a sensational junior this year. Um, at guard, they get Joey Hauser, who's got to be in what his fifth, oh, sixth year forever, of college basketball now. He's been there forever. I mean, they're a big team. Um, it's gonna be tough. I mean, it's Jackson Cole too. I forgot about Jackson Cole. He's a top one hundred freshman. So uh, as a as a center. Just, Six foot ten. So Bama's gonna have a tough time. It's gonna be one of those those physical type performances. I oh, think yeah. it's gonna be relatively low scoring for Alabama standards. I think it's gonna be more like the the seventies, sixties range I think for this game. Right. Um, Ken Palm though does have Alabama winning seventy eight seventy six. And Michigan State comes in at thirty first in Ken Palm. Michigan State received votes in the AP poll. Yep. Um, not ranked, but still um, some favorability from. AP voters in the preseason. Also, that that's going to be that that game is on Thanksgiving. 
I think a 9.30 p.m. Central Time tip-off. So that's a late night for all of you um, in Central Time. And for you in Eastern Time, Christian Sykes, I'm very sorry that that game tips off. (laughs) For one, that you have to be in Eastern Time. Yeah. Two, I'm sorry that you're in Eastern Time. Secondly, the the game tips off at 10.30 p.m. for you. That's going to be rough. That is... That will maybe be the greatest week, like last stretch of a few days of sports. Oh, easily. In, like in the last ten years, you like, have, it's going to be cinema. You have Alabama cinema. You have obviously Alabama basketball, which is the most important thing, and then you have the World Cup, and yep. then you have uh, rivalry you have, week, rivalry week, NFL football, and Thanksgiving. Yep. What else do you? Have? I mean, the NBA is playing. NBA, I don't watch yeah. the NBA in November really. Yep. I, I keep up with it. I don't really my watch it. Convi- convictions to watch the NBA. Jacob the doesn't playoffs. watch the NBA before the playoffs, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Do y'all, right now, I say Alabama wins a close one. What do y'all think? I do too. Yeah, I, I think we win. I think Michigan State didn't have like the best year in the world last year. Um, the Big Ten is kind of one of those conferences that like I think Michigan State probably receives some courtesy votes just because it is Izzo and it is the Big it's Ten. Michigan State, yeah. yeah. But I, I think we, we pull this one out, turn the luck around. Um, I mean, you, you look at the stretch of games from Thanksgiving to early December, and you've got to start finding some wins quickly. And mm-hmm. I think Michigan State can be one of them uh, before we enter into a stretch of what would be UConn or Oregon after, and then depending on that. Yeah, that second game, it's hard to speculate about the next games because you have UConn or Oregon, whoever wins or loses if Alabama loses the game. That's going to be another tough one. Yeah. So if Alabama, I, I think a successful, um, I always think a successful non-conference tournament is going 2-1, and one, yep. regardless of what order you get that 2-1 and one right. in. But I think Alabama would really benefit from going 1-1 one and one in those first two games at the minimum. No, for sure. And I, I think in, of note with Michigan State, too, is they will have already been tested before Alabama. On their schedule, they play Northern Arizona, but then they play Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Villanova before playing Alabama. So they'll wow. have been battle-tested before they come play Alabama, you know, in Portland. So they that will be tough. And it'll be Alabama's first game against a real Power 5 yep. team. So, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. We'll, we'll move on from the... Uh, PK85, because no one knows who Alabama is going to play in that last game. If it's North Carolina or Villanova, that would be really fun, though, in a, in a championship setting. <laughs> but last year, Alabama looked like they had a cakewalk to playing Kansas in the ESPN Events Championship. And, and neither of us, both of us decided it wasn't a cakewalk, yeah, actually. It wasn't a cakewalk for either team. Yeah. And the championship was Dayton and who? Who did Dayton play? Because Dayton beat Kansas. And then... I can't remember. I can't remember either. Whoever I mean, beat Drake in the first round is who went. I have no idea. I don't remember either. But either way, it's not It's not going to be um, nothing set in stone. But after you get South Dakota State at home on the day of the SEC championship where Alabama football could possibly be playing, and you have South Dakota State, which gave Alabama a little bit of trouble last year, but Baylor Shireman has moved on. He has transferred away, thankfully. Thank God. Um, one of the best shooters Nightmare. in the country. Yeah. Um, South Dakota State is a very small team. I expect a heavy dose of Charles Bediaco, Noah Clowney, Noah Gurley, all the bigs. Anybody Nick over Pringle six might five. get some run in that game, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like down low, you, you with how small South Dakota State was. I remember that game last year. I think it was the second game of the year, mm-hmm. and uh, Bediaco had a solid four or five inches on everyone on the court. Yeah. Yep. They. I don't know. South Dakota State just has the goofiest looking roster. Like just the most like no, average guy looking roster. But I mean they they put up a lot of points on us last year. What was it like 
Did they break 70? I Pretty sure they did, yes. I think it was like 87. They hung around for a good, they good minute around, there. Yeah. They hung around for a while. And it was like Baylor Shireman and one or two other guys would get the ball every time. I was like, oh, cool, they're clamped. And then like turn around and make a ridiculous shot. Like yes. I just, But I don't expect that kind of game no. as much. Like Maybe that type of game. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm still a little salty about South Dakota State. Had them as a, a sleeper. Um, they should have won well, that game. They should have They should have beat Providence. It was, it was <laughs> a disgrace should've. that Providence won that game uh, to everyone. But South Dakota State was my double-digit seed Sweet 16 pick last year. But this year, they'll, they'll still be one of the favorites in the Summit League. They will. Um, they'll win it again. They're a good they program. Um, moving on from that game, I think we all think Alabama's going to win that game. Uh, then you have the big one, and that is a road game against the Houston Cougars, who I personally think, they, they are my personal number one team in the country in the preseason. They're mine one too. One of my favorites to win, probably my favorite to win the national championship. I don't know if y'all agree. Um, but this is going. I don't think Alabama wins this game. No, no. Uh, but I, I think that's okay. Like I, I think we'll go. I agree. I mean, as long as we put up a good performance, like that is what I want. Like I don't want to get run off the court. No one's expecting Alabama to win this game for one. Yeah. Um, also, Houston will have revenge on their minds after last season's uh, JD Davison swatted the ball away at the rim. Legally, Sa- legally, legally. Yes, mind you. Um, Kelvin Sampson uh, stormed after the officials. Nate Oates was left uh, hanging on his handshake. A Houston player infamously knocked over a trash can and broke a precious folding chair. It was yeah. It wasn't just a player too. Coaches doing it. Coaches, as well. it was coaches, well. coaches it, it were kicking. Also, yeah, was, they were kicking trash cans. Kelvin's son. Yeah. that was one of oh. the worst defenders. I believe uh, Hojo. Called him out on that. Yeah, there's oh, okay. a video of him yeah. like specifically knocking over a trash can and just kicking it. Too. I do remember. And now there was a Houston player that stayed behind and picked yes. it up. Yeah. Was I that, it was, was that Jamal Shedd? I think it was Shed. Jamal Shedd. Jamal Shedd, top five players not on Alabama's roster. I, I like, like Jamal Shedd. Like, as, good, as a guy, as a good, good player. player. Yep. Is Marcus Sasser back? Marcus Sasser is back, oh, I was going to say. They, I believe they returned just like they return, nearly everyone. They return a lot of guys, but their backcourt with Sasser and Shed is just Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then you add in Jarris Walker Jarris. in the front. Jarris court, Walker, who, Alabama legend. Jarris Walker. Alabama legend, Jarris um, Walker. Who, five-star, power forward, enormously long wingspan, big-bodied, broad-shouldered, like going to be a very good basketball player. Yeah. Um, had Alabama in his top three. He did. And chose to go to Houston ultimately, yeah. which is understandable. I mean, they brought – didn't they bring um, Hakeem Olajuwon to his visit? Yeah, I mean, they, they – You can't compete with all that. Stops, okay. <laughs> To, to be in the top three for there, and I believe like sources sources were saying it was us or Houston. So now, yeah, like we we were very close to getting him, but I'm excited to see Houston. Like I believe the three of us will end up making that trip to. I believe we are Houston, we, Texas. We may we'll have there. an episode of uh, Blue Collar Unplugged on the road on our uh, trip to Houston. We may just record from the car. I think that'd be recorded on a <laughs> on two soup cans and a piece of string. But we will. We will make it work. Probably throw in a Twitter space on there or something like that. Well, we should do a Twitter space for that Twitter game. space? Twitter space. Live from our food stop in Baton Rouge yeah. on the way to Houston? Live from our Cane's stop in Baton Rouge. Cane's we will stop, stop at Cane's. We're going to stop at Cane's? We're stopping at Cane's. is actually the only place we'll stop it's, on the road. It's actually the Cane's in... The Cane's in Jackson, Jackson Mississippi. <laughs> and then the Cane's in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Only Cane's that true. It's only right. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Uh, then uh, later on the next week... Memphis comes to Coleman Coliseum. This is a revenge game 
for Alabama. This, this, this is really the game last year where it all fell apart, it looked like. Uh, Alabama came off the Gonzaga win a year ago, went to Memphis. Jacob and I made the trip up there. Yep. Um, we saw the Bass Pro Shops Pyramid. It was great. It was cool. Made the trip worth it. it that, that was the only good part of the trip. Yeah. And then uh, Alabama came out entirely flat, got run out of the gym by Jalen Durham. Yeah. Yeah. And it was and ninety two seventy eight is like oh it was not it, it was a Keon fourteen Ellis point game like four like, four from three <laughs> in the last ten minutes like it no, was they they got worked we we got worked we watched that game from the International Space Station within Goodness. still within FedEx our seats FedEx Forum is a massive arena mm-hmm. we we were on the we weren't even that we were like middle of the top deck yeah but and we it were, felt like we were miles from the court yeah. now they do have like they they have a live like jazz band basically that plays during their games which is really cool. It was interesting. Yeah, they have like a whole like it, it was cool, whatever it was. But it's nothing like the million dollar pet band that will be in Coleman Coliseum to greet Penny Hardaway as we that's gonna run <laughs> this off the floor. I don't think I, I think Alabama might win this game by ten, twelve. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be a twenty point blowout, but I think look, no more Duran, no more Bates. I, I just yeah, Monty really Bates is moved Bates on. Is gone too. It's gonna be legend. really hard. For, uh, Monty Bates has moved for on Memphis from, there. from basketball, I believe. I think that's up in the air. It's up in the air. Yeah, I pretty sure he was reinstated. At, did he? Pretty, yeah. I, thought he, I, oh, that's I think good. pretty sure the charges were dropped against oh, him. Good, good for him. Yeah. yeah. So he he'll be playing for Eastern Michigan probably sleeper team. But either way, Bates is gone. Jalen Dern is gone. We'll we'll chalk that up as an Alabama win. Gonzaga in Birmingham, the CM Newton Classic, the second annual. Last year, Alabama took an L to Davidson. And <laughs> were y'all there? Uh, da- Davison, right? Or no? No. Which foot? Davidson. Davison is JD and JD Davison. And Wisconsin's Brad Davison. Davison. And I'm sure they didn't mention that at all in the broadcast, right? Probably. They, they not. never, never not. talked about that. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch the broadcast. I watched it from the arena where it was quiet as a mouse and that you could hear a pin drop no one was cheering they had nothing to cheer for no <laughs> that performance was atrocious they almost came back too alabama cut it to one point or to two points with like Ch- chance was there to tie it and and jq did miss a free throw which is okay it happens yeah i wanted to see either jq or jd miss a free throw but i guess you're right it probably was it was it was jq, JQ. It was JQ. Yeah. Uh, okay you i do like remember 87 chance to make it the- <laughs> The, the loudest the stadium got was Darius Miles had a breakaway dunk to cut it to two with about 10 seconds left, and that was electric. stadium was on its feet clapping. Now, um, if I think tickets are nearly sold out already for this game, um, according to Andrew Terry's Twitter, because he's been promoting it like crazy, which is good. we got to give people there. Aren't they – Crimson Chaos Vice President, remind me. Yes. There, there's a limited number of student tickets for this game, right? Right. Um, I, the number is not a lot. I cannot say the number, but the number is not a ton. Do you know the process of get, how getting these tickets will be? Uh, it will be through the university, so that will come out before too, too long. Like an um, opt-in kind of thing? Yeah, they're, okay. they're still finalizing everything that that looks like, uh, but student tickets will be available. So that is, they, they will be available. Okay, there that, might that's be good a, to know. There might be a good Crimson Ride from Tuscaloosa to Birmingham. For that that would be fun. That's, That'd be pretty TV sick. Interesting. I, that would be cool. Um, I, I don't, I don't think Alabama wins this game, but I think it's gonna be fun. I think they could. Drew Timmy's back, which is scary. Bidiaco owns him though. Bidiaco's son, Drew Timmy, is not. <laughs> I, word on the street is Charles Bidiaco owns Drew Timmy, 
and like he 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 played well against him last year. That's what the streets are saying. Timmy got his, but like it wasn't easy, and yeah. Charles played a pretty good game. So if he can do the same, Alabama's got a chance. I'm not gonna call it a win right now. Jacob was the only one that called a win against you Gonzaga last, last year. year. Okay. Jacob did. He is documented. I do that. Yeah. I'm calling it a win. We weren't believers. No, we were not. And I'm probably still not going to be a believer this year, but I would be pleasantly surprised if yeah. if, if Alabama did beat Gonzaga. Yeah, um, I, I think Ken Palm has this one, Bama losing 84-80. So yes. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a close game. Gonzaga's going to be a top two seed, probably one seed again. Yeah. They're, they're loaded as usual. Yeah. Hunter Salas is back. He is. Uh, he'll probably start this year, right? Yep. He's a five-star mm-hmm. in the 2020 one class, yep. and then they got uh, Chet Holmgren's gone off to the Thunder, off to the IR, I should say. Really That's unfortunate. Got to watch out for it. And then who who else did they bring in? Did they bring in a big five star recruit? I, I feel like they um, did, but the name is. They brought in Efton Reed from LSU. Yeah, I don't they know did. About That's, a, That's, That's right. a big. Transfer. They did bring in a recruit. I'm trying to remember who that would be, but I know Efton Reed was the big one. They're going to be center. Everyone yeah. knows. It's Gonzaga. Like it's. It's a good litmus test. Like you put up a good performance. Uh, Alabama is historically bad in Birmingham. So. Oh, it's terrible. Al- I don't know who. Some people out here will remember the Vulcan Classics back oh, in the geez. days. Um, Alabama's losses to Oregon, to Clemson, to Texas, all in Birmingham. Um, you had a little Colin Sexton versus Mo Bamba moment in the Texas game. Um, just some some atrocious performances. There's some Avery Johnson Jr. shots that he took against Clemson in the Vulcan Classic one year that I think still haven't hit the ground. They're still soaring upwards because he shot it so high. Or his floaters that he shot way up in the air. Um, Maybe Alabama conquers its Birmingham demons this year. I think the place is actually going to be rocking. It's it's going to be a packed house, especially if Alabama, you know, can... You know, get some wins down the stretch. I, I think that's going to be a packed game for Bama. Yeah, for sure. I think Gonzaga fans will travel too, so I, I think that'll be they will. that'll be fun. It, it will be fun. Um, Jackson State's a win. I'm not. Even, we're not even talking. Yeah, well, I will say this though: Mo Williams, head coach of Jackson State, he former is. Alabama point guard. That's yep. true. Mo Williams, uh, NBA actual, champion, actual in Alabama NBA legend. Yeah, Mo Williams, actual Alabama legend. Not um, Jackson State is, however, the 319th ranked team on Ken Palm. Out they of are one of the 363, yeah, right? So they are one of the worst teams in the country, and I believe their first 14 games they are projected to lose. So, including this one, including this one. Yes. So. They might be 0-11 or 0-12 heading yeah, into Coleman for that game. You're going to get a hefty dose of Max Sharnowski against Jackson Max State. Max Sharnowski. That's what you're going to see. And yes. some Kai Spears, maybe. Some Kai Spears. That's what we want to see that game. Uh, then, SEC play. So, let's look back. I think we marked up, let's say we marked up L's to Houston, Gonzaga, and one game in the PK-85. Yep. Yep. I, think a th- I think three losses heading into SEC play would be an absolute win. For Alabama in this non-conference schedule, would y'all yeah. would y'all agree? I can agree with that. Seven, basically seven and three, or a little bit more. Than I nine think it's three. math. What's thirty-one minus eighteen? Thirteen. Thirteen. Ten and three. Yes, but you still have the Oklahoma game later. So nine and three nine entering and three. SEC play, I think, yeah. would be a very good mark. I think you can for Alabama to be sitting at. If those losses are Houston, Gonzaga, and the final team in the PK or whatever. Team yes, and that that's fine for Alabama. Yeah, and just yeah. a team that's completely I'm, I'm, fine for Alabama. Because a, a win would be two and one in the PK eighty five. As long as you're not dropping like Longwood or South no, Alabama. No, you can't like, drop. You, games you don't to need start. to drop. Those. You need to beat Memphis too. You at have home. to start four. But three losses is completely fine for Alabama yes. at that point. Um, then SEC play, Mississippi State on the road 
for the first game. Chris Jans, a new head coach for the Bulldogs after they fired Ben Howland. Um, they Chris Jans came from New Mexico State. I think this will be a tough game because it's a road game, and SEC road games are really difficult. But I think it's very winnable. Mm-hmm. Uh, who had who wants to talk about? Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, State's, State's going to be tough. They're a physical mm-hmm. team. They bring back TJ Jeffries, Tolu Smith, who missed a lot of time last year, but when he did get to play, he was fantastic. They bring in Tyler Stevenson from Southern Miss, who averaged over 12 points a game, also in the front court. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the back court, they got guys like Deshaun Davis from Oregon State who transferred in. Um, you know, Jamel Horton, I think he was the American East Defensive Player of the Year last year, averaged over 12 points a game. So State's going to be a pretty solid team. I think Dan's yeah. is a good coach. So yeah. this is... It's on, also on the road, so I mean that's gonna be a tough game for Alabama. It, it will be a tough SEC it, it opener, definitely but I think a toss-up. Winnable, yeah. yeah, very winnable. It's uh, what December twenty eighth in Starkville. Yep. So ideally, the students of Mississippi State will not be there uh, as much because it will be winter break. So it be an away game, but you know a little bit less to work against. Uh, folks will remember the rainy Saturday of going to the hump last year. And there were many gumps in the hump. There were many gumps in the hump. It was a good section. They're trying to end the gumps in the hump movement by making the game yeah. in December. They're afraid of the gumps. They're afraid the hump. of the gumps in the hump. Yeah. Um, there will be gumps in the hump again. I'm sure Jacob. Jacob may be there. He lives in Florida, so he might not. It, be might, there. it, might, it might be a little bit of a trek, but we'll see if we can. Make I'm it sure happen. Ethan Lamb and Jack Hutchins, among others, will be there. Um, the, it'll be fun. I think Alabama wins it, gets yeah. a win to open SEC play. But Ken Palm does have it projected. As a one-point game, uh, with all of his probability, yeah. whatever. I think it's fair. It'll be close. Christians is a really good coach. I mean, they, they knocked off UConn, a, mm-hmm. a hot UConn team coming in, uh, and gave Arkansas all they could handle in the tournament. So I, Christians, very yeah, much did a great with New Mexico State. New Mexico State was, has been a very good program. Yeah. And just from listening to him at SEC media days, he is a smart guy. So he was I, smart. His Mr. interview was yeah. kind of boring, but he was smart. Yeah, Mississippi State's <laughs> gonna be a good team. Mm-hmm. I think at least. Then you got Ole Miss coming to Coleman. I think Ole Miss is probably going to be one of the worst bottom four teams. Yeah, in the I think SEC. I have I have them like eleventh. They'll probably be playing on Wednesday yeah. night sadness come March. Um, Kermit Davis is still there for some reason. Somehow, somehow. <laughs> uh, talk about butchering like the entire like half of the SEC just about was open job wise, and the the market was free for the college. Football and Ole Miss said, "No, I'm good them. with Kermit Davis." Yeah, they said, "Yeah, we actually like barely above 500 overall, and well below 500 <laughs> in conference play." I think Alabama wins by probably double digits. Yeah, yeah. Some fun it's at home. Yeah, it's they do. Home. I was gonna mention the transfers. What's What's funny about them is they bring in three different. Uh, defensive players of the year from three different conferences. So That's they, impressive. They bring in transfer forward Josh Mbala, who was the MAC Defensive Player of the Year at Buffalo. They bring in uh, Javius McInnes, who was the SWAC Defensive Player of the Year three, three times, times. Three times at Jackson wow. State. And then uh, Theo Okwuba, I don't even know how to say that. Um, Sunbelt? Sunbelt, yeah, at Louisiana. And we have seen him before. We have seen him before. That was in the charity exhibition last year. A year ago today? Wow. How about that? How about that? So then... I've got Alabama at 2-0 right yeah. now. Yep. Kentucky coming to Coleman in Woo. Game 3. This is Saturday. It's a Saturday before the national championship game for college football, yep. which Alabama may or may not be in. Who really knows at this point? Um, but you've got – Ken Palm projects a victory. Oh, really? 
Did I write these down wrong in my notes? It was just flipped. Uh, oh, it was flipped? It was it's, a, flipped? it's a loss. Kim Palm projects a loss. That's that's fair. Ah. But I don't know why he would project a loss or a project a win. Because Kentucky... The tell the wrong thing about my team. <laughs> <laughs> because Kentucky brings back the national player of the year, Oscar Shibway, who was an absolute monster last year. They also bring back Xavier Wheeler, preseason first team All-SEC. Absolutely great point guard. They've got Cason Wallace, a five-star, who was High school teammates with Rylan Griffin. He was. Um, great scorer. Um, he's going to be – he can play the one through three. He can he can kind of do a little bit of everything in the guard spots. You've got Alabama legend, according to C.J. Thomas, Antonio Reeves, <laughs> who um, Alabama was recruiting, attempting to recruit they did. out of the transfer portal. Um, he averaged 20 points a game last year at Illinois State, ended up going to uh, Kentucky – um, they've got some other really good recruits. Kentucky's always going to be good. Preseason number one, um, in or preseason media pick to win the SEC. Yeah. Um, Ken Palm number one too. Ken Palm number Ken one. Ken Palm number one. AP poll it's a very number. Interesting jump for. They did lose to St. Peter's last year in the tournament. They did. That won't factor a ton in. No. Uh, but it is it, having Kentucky at one. I, I was surprised. I did not expect to see them there. I mean, not that they're not going to be good, but. Like looking ahead at projections, so very, I don't know, interesting. That's gonna be a fun game. I mean, I like, it'll it'll be fun. It's a Saturday. I don't have the exact time of that game pulled up. I think it's an afternoon game. I also think it's an afternoon game. Um, but it, it will be fun. Coleman will be rocking, rocking. ready for. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not another three for thirty performance from Alabama. Everyone remembers Alabama going three for thirty last year at home from three against Kentucky. Hoping to avoid that this year, and also we uh, hopefully no minions at that game. Yeah, that game. No, no minions. Do not dress like minions, Taylor. This game. please, um, please don't do that. Yeah, I, I think a loss is fair. Uh, I think it is very. It's a winnable game for Alabama, especially if we're hot coming off of the non-con. So I don't know. I I think we can expect a close game, uh, and we'll know better in the preview episode in a few months. So we will. Uh, then Arkansas. On the road, Alabama's probably going to lose this game. Yeah. Bud Walton is a very tough place to play. Um, Eric Musselman's back. Arkansas is a preseason top 10 team. They're top 15 on Ken Palm. Nick Smith Jr., another Alabama legend. Yeah. Um, Alabama recruited him hard. Number one player, I think, according to 24-7. Was it he or Gigi? Gigi Jackson. Gigi was the number one player in 23 and reclassed. Okay. I didn't um, know if he overtook Smith. I don't know if he spot, overtook, though. but I, I, I do know before Gigi Jackson's reclass that Smith was number one. Yeah. So, so I, I think they, they got two other five stars, Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh. Um, they bring back Devo Davis. Ricky Council transferred in from Wichita State. Yep. Um, Sixth man of the year there for them. There you go. Uh, they're going to be really good. Yeah. That's going to be a tough game yeah. for Alabama. So um, if, if they don't win that, I think it's okay. Yeah, so two, two and two is not the worst start. If you can no, if you start two one and of those two. games and make it three and one, you're feeling great. Um, especially with LSU coming in on that. I believe that would make it's a it Saturday. Saturday. That's so a oh, first I found Saturday out. after students. The Kentucky game is a twelve o'clock tip on ESPN. Ah. That is the ESPN so game. Okay, you could see you could see college game day. Depending on how Alabama performs in this non-conference, that could be a college game day pick. You could see College Game Day in Coleman Coliseum that day. That'd be huge. Be amazing. 
It's now, never happened before, right? It's never happened never before. Happened. Never happened um, before. I think if Alabama's sitting at 9-3 and three after that start to the season and they win two more games, um, they'd be 10-3, and 11-3. Yeah. 11-3, and three, probably ranked in the top 20. And if they could knock off one of those teams like Gonzaga or Houston, yeah. I think that would they certainly be a— You'd probably yeah. have Alabama sitting in the 12-13 range, yeah. rankings-wise. With Kentucky probably being top three still. I, I think that, that's certainly a, a college game day type, type event for there's, sure. There's a the possibility. Um, but then a week later, LSU coming in, 3, three o'clock tip. LSU, new cut, fired Will Wade. LSU, you mean Murray State? I do mean Murray State because LSU fired Will Wade and infamously had every single one of their players enter the transfer portal or declare for the draft. They now, had zero players on the roster yeah. for like about eight hours, and it was awesome. Pretty insane. It was yeah. hilarious. But uh, Matt McMahon, the Murray State head coach, came in, um, brought basically half of his team from Murray State with him. Pulled the Tennessee and just took the UCF athletic department and took the Murray yes. State roster. Among other um, transfers, they'll be pretty good, but I think Alabama can win that game at home, yeah. um, given the that Alabama typically performs well in Coleman Coliseum. Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard for that early in SEC play for, I feel like, those LSU players to really gel um, with a, basically an entirely new team. It is an entirely new team. It's, it's an entirely it's... new team. I think they're somewhat talented. They um, are. It's a lot of mid-major players, so it's hard to say they're how good that they will all be in Power five play, like we saw Noah Gurley have to go through a learning curve going from the SOCON to um, the SEC. Uh, LSU's conference schedule start. Let me just read the first seven. Arkansas, Kentucky, A&M away, Florida at home, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas. They could start 0-8. They, like, they, they, Ken Palm has them at 1-7. They genuinely could start 1-8. Yeah. That's horrific. Like Matt, Matt McMahon will get a, That's a risk welcome to the SEC. Awakening, yeah. Um, but then, the house, the former house of horrors, followed by the current house of horrors. You have back-to-back road games to Vanderbilt and to Missouri. Disgusting. That's, that's pretty. Disgusting. That's really that bad. That's really bad. Um, Vanderbilt's already a tough place to play, but I think that I think that curse is over. Knock on wood. I, I, Alabama hasn't lost a game in Nashville in a minute. Nope. It's been yeah. a couple years. Last year was a scare. But snuck out of there. They they snuck out of there with a win. Um, then Missouri Alabama hasn't won there under Nate Oates, I believe. Nope. Is that right? Uh, Sounds correct. Because then in 2019 you had the infamous 50 point performance from Alabama's team. I think it was like 69 to 50 was the final of the game before the canceled SEC tournament. And then in 2021. Missouri was Alabama's first SEC loss. Yep. It ended the 10-game win streak, and it was the Saturday. No. Right. Oklahoma ended the win streak. Yeah, and then Missouri was the next. And then Missouri was like the next Saturday or something like that. Yeah. Um, Nearly won on a Shaq buzzer beater. Oh, my gosh. That was the big comeback. Yeah. No. Or was that last year? It it was two years ago. It it was both. Both, They were very similar games. Okay. Shaq nearly, I think we went 24. No, it was Herb. 2021 Shaq last year. It was a like. 24 oh, I remember Herb. Herb got Herb got Herb probably got fouled. got fouled at the end of that game. That's right. And then last year Alabama lost again at Missouri. Got was getting run out of the gym, and I think came back had a chance to win. 
Um, that place is really difficult. Missouri has had Alabama's number for a really long time. But I think, obviously, the expectation for those two games is 2-0. and But I think going 1-1 and is a reasonable expectation. Yeah, if history is any indication, Alabama it's probably drops gonna be one, one of one. those games. Which is okay. Yeah. So then, if you're looking at the schedule, you've got... Um, you you yeah. got two and two, LSU three and two. You you've got four and three, which Alabama fans may look at and they'd be like, oh, only four and three. But you got to remember how tough the SEC is. Um, also, Alabama could very well go two and zero oh in those games. They're the better team. Yep. There should be in both of them. Mississippi State at home on a Wednesday, um, towards the end of January. That should be a win. Um, we've already talked about Not Mississippi State a little bit. Um, if they beat them in Starkville, they should beat them in Coleman. Um, then you have the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And for the third time since 2018, Alabama will be playing Oklahoma. We saw Alabama play Oklahoma two years ago, and Jacob and I were in attendance in that dreadful place of Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, Bama was, what, ranked ninth at that time, and Oklahoma yes. was, like, 24, uh-huh. and they won by, like, That was the Alex points, Reese game. Like that. Yeah, the Alex it Reese was, game. Alex Reese had a great game. That was the peak of Oklahoma season. Like, we... Yes, they, they had won a couple, they had won a couple ranked games before that, I think. Yep. Yeah. And they were sneaky. They, uh, they won, came in, and I, I don't know. It was just a weird game. Very low scoring. Heard boomer sooner too many times, but I hate that fight song. It's bad. It's not a good. Was fight uh song. was Porter Moser there at that time? Was that long? No, that was, that was the still last season of Long Kruger. Okay, yeah. So first time Alabama will face Porter, Porter Moser, Moser. Yep. and everyone remembers the 2018 Colin Sexton versus Trey Young game. Mm-hmm. That from a lot of people I've heard is the best game they've been to in Coleman Coliseum. Um, so it, it'll be fun. I think it's fair to assume Alabama will lose that game. I um because like I think it's a very 50-50. Yeah, Kim Palm has game. us losing that one 75-73. Okay. So it it's going to be a very if projections are any indication and also just the environment and everything, it's probably going to be a close game. It would be huge for Alabama to win that game. Yeah. And you saw a big SEC Big 12 Challenge victory a year ago too against Baylor. So I think that's a big like hinge point depending on how those first what seven eight conference games go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean that can be a like launching ground for continued success, stop things in their tracks. Like that, I think the Oklahoma game will be pretty important as far as putting together a good performance no matter what. Yes, uh, and whatever happens there happens. Uh, Oklahoma had a pretty like dreadful year last year in all honesty, so we we can expect hopefully a good performance from Alabama there and win or lose it'll be important. Then we have uh, Vanderbilt at home. I think that's going to be a win. They don't have Scotty Pippen Jr. We nope. didn't even mention yep. that. He's gone. Their, their roster has dipped a little bit. Um, Jerry Stackhouse is a great coach, but I don't think they have the X. They, have, they don't have the, the, the talent to really compete in the SEC this year. Nope. So we'll chalk that up as a win. A road trip to LSU is fun. And this starts the four-game, probably the most difficult stretch in Alabama's schedule, mm-hmm. where they go at LSU – Florida at home, who returns Colin Castleton as well as some really good transfers coming in, and head coach Todd Golden from San Francisco coming in. I think they're going to be probably a top five team in the league. I do too. So I think that game in Coleman is going to be really tough. It's an 8 o'clock game on a Wednesday. It's going to be super exciting. That's a big one that Alabama can come away with and have a, have a really nice victory. But then you have back-to-back games at Auburn and at Tennessee. They're losing both. 0-2. 0-2. I don't think there's any debating that. Yeah. Um, Tennessee brings back 
a lot of the players from their SEC tournament championship, uh, Santiago Vescovi, Zakai Ziegler, Josiah Jordan-James, among others. Yeah. Um, then we have Auburn. Talk a little bit about Auburn. I think, it. yeah, with Auburn, I, I think if Bama's going to snag one of those two games, I think it's going to be the Auburn game because it's going to be Bama's first chance to kind of stick it to Auburn after Auburn swept them last year. Right. So It's the first IBOB of the season, not until February 11th. It's a long wait a long for that IBOB this year. Um, they obviously bring back Wendell Green, Katie Johnson. Zeb uh, Jasper. Elite Zeb guard Jasper, <laughs> Walker Kessler, and Jabari Smith are gone. But they replaced them with Janai Broom from Moorhead State. Moorhead State. Yes. Yep. And um, Treore as a freshman. Yes. Yohan Treore, uh, freshman from France, I yep. think. Um, two really good um, big men that will, I don't think they will replace those two, but they can do well enough in their void. Auburn will lean a lot on uh, Janai Broom. I think he's good enough for that. Um but I think it's fair to say that Alabama goes 0-2 in those two I do games. So. Which means Alabama needs to win at in Baton Rouge. They do. They w- It would really benefit Alabama to go 2-2 two and two in that stretch, win at Baton Rouge, beat Florida at home, then lose to Auburn and Tennessee. Yeah, and Alabama historically plays pretty well in Baton Rouge, yeah. uh, at least yeah. under the Avery Johnson and you know, early Nate Oates years. But I, you know, I, that's definitely a game I think I see Bama pulling away with. Then you have Georgia at home. We don't even need to talk. That's a win. No nope. win. Um, revenge for last season. Jeez. Their one SEC win last year. South Carolina on the road. That That's an interesting one on a Wednesday night. I yeah. think it's winnable. It is. I, I really like Lamont Paris as USC's head coach, though. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously they bring in Gigi Jackson and um, you know some other transfers. So I, that's going to be a tough game for Bama. Um, Kim Palm currently has us winning, or Bama winning that one 75-71, though. Um, a lot of people, I think South Carolina was picked last in the preseason SEC media poll. Yeah, um, I disagree with that. I completely disagree with that too. Um, I I think Gigi Jackson alone will make them better than that, but I still think they're a Wednesday night sadness team, which it, it is what it is. I think Alabama can win that game though. That's a lot like I, I the Georgia so. game from last year, where it's a, a kind of bottom dwelling team that Alabama has a chance to beat. Um, then you have back to back home games, two big, the biggest two game stretch in Coleman of the season which is Arkansas and Auburn. Both winnable because they're both at home. Alabama could win any game at home. Um, if Alabama can go 2-0 and in that stretch, they will be riding high going into March. Yeah, and I think that those are two pivotal games to see how Alabama is going to be playing going into March. And it's hard to project the games from this far out because um, then your last game is at Texas A&M, only meeting between those two teams. And Buzz Williams has had Nate Oates' number. For he has, a little yeah. bit. Now. 20, 2021 team dodged going to A and M. Yes, due they to did. Some, some COVID protocols and everything. So I, I think if you go two and zero in that last stretch with Arkansas Auburn and then get a win at A and M, would that be we had twelve and six or three, 13 and five? I think twelve and six or thirteen and five is a reasonable um, expectation. Um, I think it's like even looking at the schedule, I think it's reasonable and just with the talent of the team. And that would, yeah. with how deep the league is, that would probably put Alabama around between third and fifth, yeah. which is, again, I think a very reasonable expectation yeah. for this team. So, yeah. and by no means is the ceiling, but very much like the ceiling is, is very, very high. I'm not going to say 18 and 0 or anything like that, but you, <laughs> the ceiling is probably like a 15 and 3. For sure. Type run, but I, I just don't, with how deep the league is, I don't think you're going to see that from anyone, honestly. No. I think Kentucky and Arkansas might be like battling out at 14 and 4 to win the league. So it, it'll it'll be tough. 
Um, the league is better than it's probably ever been. Um, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, I think that's gonna be all for our schedule breakdown. Um, Did we want to talk about the Final Four preview or we... the Final Four preview? Yeah. Why Why would we go ahead and Why Why would we the Final Four preview the Final Four? <laughs> What if we go ahead and do an entire bracketology right now? I, I think One that is 68. the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll like start talking about next year already since Alabama is clearly going to either win the national championship or no, be the Alabama's worst going 0 31. We already talked the, yeah. about this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at BCU Podcast and you can find all of our individual um, Twitters and social media handles there um, as well. But we will. I'm not sure what our next episode topic is going to be. Well, maybe we'll we'll talk be. about the charity Ooh. exhibition. Yeah, may yeah. have a guest. Charity Who knows? Who knows? Uh, charity exhibition on Saturday, the 29th, Ninth. Yep. against Southern Illinois students only. So students, go to Foster Auditorium on Saturday, two o'clock. Watch the game. Get your first look at Brandon Miller. Super exciting stuff. But yeah, uh, that's all for today. We'll catch you guys next time.